may it be a blessing unto those that are going to reach out unto it. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. The song says that the one you saved has come to worship you. This morning, we have in our midst the one that the Lord saved, and he has come to teach us the things that the Lord saved him, what the Lord has deposited into him. This morning, help me with a round of applause to welcome our own Uncle Bethlehem. Just the way 
all you want from God is money, you have shortchanged yourself. When, when all you want from God is a house, a place to put your head, you have shortchanged yourself. a journey, a journey that I have, I have entitled Exploits, Wisdom for Exploits, Wisdom for Exploits. And the, the, the first step, the first thing we looked at last week was what is in your hand. See, one of the things that I, I've, been, I've been drumming home, when it, please can you help me with the mic, when it comes to the issue of wisdom, and this work we, we are working with God, results matter. It is, it is an issue of results. Whatever you believe, whatever your convictions are, your results will validate your beliefs. So if, if you say God is a miracle worker, we need to see some miracles in your life to validate it. If you say you, you know God, there must be results to validate your belief. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 11 verse 32, it says, And they that do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt with many flatteries. But they that know their God shall stand strong and they shall do exploits. So it says that people that have knowledge of God, they don't claim to have knowledge of God. It says that people that know their God, not those that claim to be associated with God, not those that have a, a third hand knowledge of him. But it says they that know their God. Two things. First, they shall stand strong. Says they shall stand strong. They shall stand strong in the midst of adversity. Church, I'm speaking to you. This is a word of prophecy. In the next two years, globally, there's going to be hardship. Those that know God, they shall stand strong. Says, and not only shall they stand strong, they shall do exploits. When we say something is an exploit, it means it is an extraordinary feat. Most people cannot do it. That is why when you do it, it's an exploit. If everybody is doing it and you do some, it's not an exploit. But because it is not a feat achievable by mere man, and you have been able to do it, it, it qualifies as an exploit. 
when, when, when Jesus walked the face of the earth, they said, what manner of man is this? And what wisdom has been given to him that such mighty works are done by his hands? That is exploit. Hmm. When Paul and Silas walked into a city, they said, the gods are, are here with us. That is exploit. When, when times are hard globally, nothing seems to work. But in the midst of it all, like Isaac, the Bible says Isaac sowed that same year in that land and he reaped. The man became prosperous. He began to prosper until he prospered. That is an exploit. When everyone is looking at you to fail, the economy is bad. The systems are bad. But in the midst of it all, you are having results. Those that know their God. They shall stand strong and they shall do exploits. So when we talk about the year of wisdom, we are talking about results. And we started a practical walk on how we can see these results. So the first thing that we, we the first question we ask ourselves is, what is in your hand? What has God given to you? What are you working with? And we, we spoke about developing your capacity in what God has given to you. In what God has placed in your hand. This, this morning, we are, we, are, we are going a step further. This morning, the question that has been tabled for discussion is, what do you see? What do you see? Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. What do you see? Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth from the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. So God is speaking to Jeremiah. He says, Jeremiah, before your bones developed, before even your parents thought of coming together, I had a plan, I had an agenda. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So whenever God looks down from heaven and he sees the young Jeremiah, 17-year-old boy, walking the face of the earth, everyone is seeing a child, God sees a prophet. Verse 6. Then I said, see, Jeremiah is a very honest man. I said, then I said, ah, Lord. This is a Ghana man answering the question. Says, ah. The, exclamation, the, the uh, expression is Ghanaian. He says, ah, Lord. Behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Jeremiah is telling God, God, you are mis this is a missed call. Wrong house address. You don't know who you are talking about. God, a prophet's job is to speak. I don't qualify because primarily I don't know how to speak. Mm. I am a child. I am in a culture where young people are not listening to. If I open my mouth, they say I'm a proud boy. Keep quiet. He says, I am a child. I cannot speak. Verse 7. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I shall command thee, thou shalt speak. God is telling Jeremiah, stop giving me excuses. The next verse, please. 8. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, said the Lord. The verse 9. But the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. So Jeremiah is saying, God, I do not have what it takes. I am inadequate. 
I am inexperienced. God looks at Jeremiah and says, okay, your excuse is that you don't have anything. He touched his lips and he put his words in, in his hand. So like God put, God made sure a rod was in Moses' hand. He made sure words were in Jeremiah's mouth. Now he has something in his hand. So God is switching the question. Let's go to the verse 10. So he places something in his hands and he says, see, I have set thee this day over nations and over kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. See, I like the, the, the way the Bible goes about using words. It's very, very poetic. God is talking to Jeremiah. He says, okay, you have given me excuses. I've, 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 but he says, now, Jeremiah, I'm about to say something. I don't want you to hear it. I want you to see it. He says, what I'm going to tell you is not for your ears. It's for your mind to catch it. It's for your eyes to see. He says, see, I have set thee this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down. This is a small boy. He says, you are going to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. The verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me again, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? God asked Jeremiah again. He has told Jeremiah to see it. Now he's asking Jeremiah, what do you see? At this point, Jeremiah can give two answers. At this point, he can still come at the standpoint of a child and say that, I am a child. God, I do not see anything. I am still inadequate. All I see is myself and my inadequacies. But what did you have? And then the, the, the second standpoint the answer could come from was from the standpoint of a prophet. Now he's standing in the place and the office that God has seen him in and God has described to him. So he stands in the office of a prophet and he says, I see the branch of an almond tree. And God says, you have seen correctly. I am watching over my word to perform. This morning, what do you see? I'm talking about the power of vision. The power of vision. See, what you see is very important. Vision is what makes, is the difference between the ordinary and extraordinary men. Ordinary nations, extraordinary nations. It, 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 it matters what you see. You can't just go about life doing anything. It, it really matters what you see. It matters what you see at the end of the tunnel. We don't live life anyhow. See, the, the concise Oxford Dictionary gives three definitions of the, the word vision. The first one is, it says, Vision is the faculty or state of being able to see. The faculty or state of being able to see. So the faculty, that the system at work in your body, that, that deals with your eyes, the nerve endings that, that fix in your brain. So that faculty is what the dictionary is calling vision. But, but for the purposes of this discussion and for what we are discussing this morning, I want you to put into brackets sight. Because... For that, it is the, the ability to see and the, the, the faculties to be able to see is what we call sight. I hope you are getting me. The second definition, this is just Oxford Dictionary. You can open any Oxford Dictionary, you see it when you open the word vision. Right? The, the second definition it gives is the ability to think and to plan the future with wisdom, with imagination. And with creativity, to sit down, think, and plan the future. Most of us are sitting down, no plan for your life. Nothing. There's nothing that you are seeing. It is, it is a mental picture. A vision is a mental picture of what the future will be or could be like. What, what, what are you looking at? Mm. 
The third definition the dictionary gives for vision is, is a supernatural revelation given mostly in dreams, in trances. You can add the various forms. Mm. We, we know that one a lot. When, when I talk about vision, in the context of this discussion, I'm, I'm talking about the last two. Because a vision can be caught in the spirit of a man or can be shown to a man by God. It's not always. You see, God, God if you read a dictionary, God shows men visions. But at some time, that God will place a deep-seated desire in you that you can see the future and know that this, my life, is not ordinary. It's meant for something more. Like Joseph. Joseph had a dream. In the dream, there wasn't a throne in the dream. There wasn't prime ministerial uh, titles in the dream. But when he saw the dream, he knew deep-seated knowledge. He began to see the future from there. What are you seeing? Vision is what separates ordinary people from extraordinary people, like I said. It's, 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 it's like looking in a telescope. How many of you have used a telescope before? Or binoculars? Right? You know, when you look through binoculars or you look through a telescope, what you're, 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 in Ghana, we don't have powerful telescopes. Our telescope cannot see far. There are telescopes that can, you can zoom into the moon and see the surface of the moon. We don't have some here. Mm. When you look through a telescope, you, you are seeing something as if it is close, but that thing is miles away, kilometers away. But you see it as if it is close. When you have a vision for your life, you are seeing the future 10 years away, 20 years away, 100 years away, but you are looking at it through the eyes of the spirit and you are seeing it in today. You are painting a picture, a mental image of what the future should be like for you. That's what makes the difference. Uh, Ghana, we still don't have sustainable energy, electricity, power supply. We don't have it. It's because there's no, it is, it is a, a failure of vision. Mm. In 2014, NASA announced that they've landed, they've landed a space boat on, on a moving asteroid. The, 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 the meteorite was moving at a, with, at a speed of 14,000 kilometers per hour. It was 14 billion miles away from the Earth. They, they, they shot, they sent a spacecraft, and it wasn't, it wasn't on the moon. No. The thing was moving. They did the calculation, sat down, and landed the craft on the, on the asteroid. This is vision. They sat down, calculated it. Dubai, some years back, they sat down. See, they said, oh, our natural resources are about to, to fade. What do we do? We are going to turn our nation into the next tourist capital in the world. Now everybody wants to go and have holidays in Dubai. Want to go and some years, some years back it was a desert place. Now it's a haven for tourists. Why? A man sat down and he had a vision. He saw years into the future. What do you see? When Jesus came to the face of the earth, in Hebrews chapter 10, let's read Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5, it's, 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 it's a statement of Jesus' purpose on the face of the earth. Yes. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, you see, Paul, Paul, the writer of Hebrews, is, is talking about the Son of God, our, our high priest. He says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared for me. So he says, God has prepared a body for me. So he's coming to talk about what he's coming to do in that body. 
Because as we know, Christ was already, Christ has always been. The Bible says, unto us a son is born, but unto, unto us a child is born, but unto us a son is given. The son had always been. The child was born. So the body was prepared for him. Now the son is about to occupy the body, and he's going to tell us what he's about to do in the body. Verse 6. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast no, no pleasure. Verse 7. Then I said, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. This was Jesus' vision statement for life. I came to do thy will, O God. Nothing else. For Paul, it was to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Nothing could derail him. For Moses, he was that, it was that God has raised him as a deliverer. Take my people out of Egypt and take them to a land that I will show you, a land flowing with milk and honey. God gave visions to men. He gave, he gave end pictures to men. He gave an entire nation a picture. He called the, the nation of Israel. He says, I'm taking you out of Egypt. I'm, I'm taking you to a place. He gave the, you see, God uses nice imagery. He says, the land I am taking you to, it is a land flowing with milk and honey. I can imagine being an Israelite in the time. See, you are being beaten, bruised, given hard work, multiplying your tasks, and God gives the nation a vision. He says, I'm taking you to a land flowing with milk and honey. Not only that, he says, you shall be to me a nation of priests and kings. So that was the vision for the country. What are you seeing? So if you ask any child, as they were walking in the wilderness, hey, small, uh, give me a, 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 an Israeli name. Hey, put don't read your Bible. <laughs> uh, so you ask somebody, Joshua, come here. Joshua, where are we going? He says, we are going to a land flowing with milk and honey. They knew where they were going. What, what are you seeing? Jeremiah saw it. Paul the apostle saw it. What are you seeing? See, Vision is critical if we are going to work in wisdom this year. Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. He says, ever since I heard of your faith, I cease not to pray for you. I make petitions to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That he might grant you the spirit of revelation and not, uh, of wisdom. He says, that he might grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That you might be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the hope of his calling? When the spirit of wisdom and revelation comes, the first thing he makes known to you is the hope of his calling. Why he called you. He gives you the vision that God has has set apart for you. What do you see? What do you see? In this place, our vision is that we are raising world changers. So when I see you, I don't see an ordinary person. When you look at yourself, don't look at yourself with the eyes of Jeremiah. Look at yourself with the eyes of a prophet. See a world changer. See a nation builder. Enough of the small, small mindset. What are you seeing? Somebody's saying, Uncle Bethman, you don't know what you're talking about. No, no. What are you seeing? Because what you see, you become. Yes, you are the back of the class today, but do you see yourself at the front? If you see it, you become it. Mm. What do you see? What are you seeing? Having a vision is very important. 
The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, Proverbs 29, verse 18, very popular scripture, it says, for lack of vision, the people perish. There are, there are two things that the Bible says for lack of people perish. Number one is knowledge. Number two, vision. It says, for lack of vision, where there is no vision, the people perish. But happy, but he that keepeth the law is happy, or happy is he that keepeth the law. However, your King James puts it. Says, where there is no vision, the people perish. So when you see people perishing, see, the, the, the Bible is full of, who show you the end picture, then you can diagnose the, the disease. When you see perishing, you see lack of vision. The, uh, an NIV version puts it this way. It says, for, for where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. Restraint. See, a restraint it's like a boundary, a barrier that holds your life in check. Eh? There, are, there are some ladies, because they want to look nice, they wear a restraint for their stomach. It keeps the, the, the stomach from flowing in direction. Even, even some men have started wearing some. Eh? They'll, they'll wear it to bind it. it the, 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 that thing that you put around you, it is a restraint. It says, for where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. See, vision gives restraint to the resources of life. Because life's resources are limited and finite. Life, the life you have, you will not live forever. Even the life you have, it is limited and it is finite. The, the money you have, it's limited and it's finite. Time, it's limited and it's finite. We have only 24 hours in a day. You don't have 36. It's limited and it's finite. As we speak in the next, as I make, before I make the, the end of this sentence, I've lost five seconds. It's limited and it's finite. And the Bible says that where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. A pipe, pipe. It's an example of a restraint. We want water flowing from Akosombo through Kwonutu to Community 17 Lashibi. If we don't put a pipe and channel the water, the water will not get to us here. The water will reach um, uh, Akosombo. It will move from the dam, reach Akosombo, divert and flow. Have you seen rainwater moving before? When you look at the water and it's flowing, it gets to a point you thought it was going in one direction. You thought you could predict it. They need to move in another direction because there is nothing to restrain it. So we, we, we connect pipes, right, to, to channel and direct the water. Because if you don't channel and direct it, there is no restraint. Everything goes waste. Wherever you see wastage, it is a failure of vision. When you see the, waste, the, the wastage that is going on in Africa, in our countries, you see the wastage that is going on in homes and families, you see the wastage that is going on in lives, it is a failure of vision. The, vis the vision has failed. There's nothing there. Mm. You, wait, you wake up in the morning, Facebook, afternoon, Twitter, evening, Instagram, dawn, Snapchat. You are, you are wasting the day because you have nothing you are seeing. There is no restraint on your life because there is nothing you are seeing. Mm. It's, a vision gives you focus and it, it makes your life narrow. 
see. Hey, narrow, narrow paths are good. This is how Jesus describes the narrow path. He says, he says, narrow is the path that leads to life. He says, few there be that find it. That is why there, there are few people succeeding in life because few people take the pains to wait on God, to sit down, plan, think about the future with wisdom, creativity, tact. Sit down and picture the future. Yeah, we are young. For, we are, you live only once, YOLO. But I must enjoy my youth. Yes, enjoy your youth by all means. But at the end of the day, the results will show. Hmm? Vision gives direction. It, 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 it helps you mobilize your resources. If you have a vision of becoming a cardiothoracic surgeon, what it means is that when you go to the, the secondary school, you know the subject you must focus on. You can't be aiming for cardiothoracic surgery and you're going to do visual arts. You have missed the path. See, all, all of a sudden, it, 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 it begins to restrain you. You know that before you can go to a good school and do science, your grade must hit a certain level. So it means that all of a sudden, the football in the afternoon doesn't make sense again. The, the, the Indian, the, the key-dubbed Indian uh, telenovelas don't make sense again. Eh, uh, Pragya. Mm. All of a sudden, the spending and wasting your time with a video game doesn't make sense again. Restraint comes to your life. It puts order in your life. Jesus said, I, I see, I came to do a lot of things, but the primary one, he walked into the temple, opened the Bible. He, Jesus walked into the temple. The Bible says he walked into the synagogue. He took the book of the law and opened to the book of Isaiah. He says, the, the, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to preach recovery of sight to the blind, to preach deliverance to the captives, to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he sat down and says, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your eyes. He came and declared his mission statement. It's like, this is what I'm here for. No, nothing is going to derail me. Some of you are there. Any friend that comes, then you follow, you go. Let's do this. Then you pick your bag. J, 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 you are going. Your, your life is flowing in every direction. When you see people like that, you, you can clearly see. I didn't say it all. It's a lack of vision. The Bible says it. Eh? It makes you a man of one thing. Jesus had come to the house of Mary and Martha. Came to Lazarus' home. Martha was doing plenty of things. Martha was in the kitchen. Came to Jesus. Jesus, will you not tell my sister to come and help me? says, no, no, no. One thing is needful. One thing is needful. See, in life, people are not celebrated for doing plenty of things. Eh? Nobody will judge Dr. Mensah Table on his ability to do mathematics. Nobody will judge LeBron James on his ability to understand the digestive system. Eh? As I'm standing here, if I don't know mass, you don't know. <laughs> Am I lying? Big vision makes you a man of one thing. Paul says, this one thing I do. I strive towards the, the mark of the price of the heavenly call. It, 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 it puts you in. Mm? Vision separates activity from productivity. Some of you are doing plenty of things. Your whole life is filled with activity. You are busy for nothing. You 
bit in the money. In the, everything, everything that you do must tie up into the vision. So in this place, in Calvary Temple, in Teen Chapel, our vision is that we are grooming what? Wealth changers, nation builders, and inventors through training in godly principles. So we have stated our vision. We have stated how we are going to do it. So we don't do any program at all. When you come and tell us that let's do dinner, we will see how the dinner ties into making you a world changer. If it doesn't fit into the vision, I'm sorry we put it aside. Mm. Vision is what will let you spot distractions. Distractions. Some of you, because you are not seeing anything, you are not focused, anything can distract you. Anything can come and distract you. Jesus, one of the things Jesus faced in his life was distractions. But what kept him going was the vision. Eh. At a point, the guy has fed 5,000 people with what? Five loaves and two fishes. See, if you are a man and you can feed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fishes, oh, you deserve to be president. This one, see, see what our, our governments are failing to do with our taxes. And if a man has come, five loaves and two fishes, he deserves to be president. I don't know about you, but if Jesus could do that, see, in this world, what people are looking for is not plenty. Food to eat, place to put our head, some small security. That's all we want. And this man has been able to feed 5,000 people, five loaves and two fishes. Not two billion Ghana cities, so five loaves, two fishes. The people looked at him and said, Caesar has failed us. The high priests have failed us. You deserve to be king. Jesus looked at them. Yes, I'm the king of kings. I'm the lord of lords. I came down. I've taken the form of humble servant. But he says, this is not my vision. This is not why I came. He spotted a, a good thing. He said, this is a distraction. So one of the things I've realized the devil will tempt you with. Is not, the devil doesn't always tempt you with bad things. Sometimes you are developed spiritually enough to spot the difference. Who bring good things your way? <laughs> eh? Who bring good things your way? To be a king is a good thing. Eh? It's, some of you like reading, but at your age, it's not every book that you should be reading. Your reading should be targeted. Eh, reading is good. I'm not saying reading is bad. Reading is good. But at your age, what are you doing with romantic novels? You are, you are, just, you are just raging some hormones in you. Oh, Jesus. So it allows you to spot distraction, even when the distraction is coming from your friends. Jesus was was telling his disciples, his his disciples were his close confidants, told them everything. He was telling them how, Charlie, you know, guys, I know we've done this, we've done this, but it's about time. We're about to go to the cross. Peter said, you don't know what you're talking about. Go to the cross. We are coming to share kingdom. What has the cross got to do with kingdom sharing? Jesus, you are going to die so that we will become finance minister. Do you know our book, when Jesus started speaking about the kingdom, Peter had booked a information minister. He says, how are you going to the cross? This is not the time for the cross. You will not die. We forbid you to die. Yeah. Jesus turned to Peter and says, get thee behind me, Satan. Get deep behind me, Satan. Satan is, is the word slanderer. He's, oh, he, another name for him is devil. He will cause another to trip. Whenever somebody is causing you to be distracted, he's a devil in your life. 
Eh? For, so for some of you, that guy that is saying that he loves you is a devil in your life. When he says, I love you, get deep behind me, Satan. That is the response. Eh? You can quote me on it. When the guy says, I love you, you respond, get deep behind me, Satan. Uncle Bethmon. <laughs> eh? You let him know his place. Then he put in the first service. When I, when I got married a week later, some, some, some ex-girlfriend that I had long ago lost in the waters. This girl texted me, um, congratulations, bro, I miss you. Number one, you're not my sister. How do you miss me in such a period? Get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> you suffer not the things of God, but the things of men. Hey! I, this thing, we just started this thing and you say you miss me. Hey! Get thee behind me, Satan. Jesus is going to the cross. His own friend Peter comes. Get thee behind me, Satan. A friend comes. You know what? Ah, let's go and take this money. No, 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 no. Get thee behind me, Satan. Hmm? must be able to, if you have a clear-cut vision for your life, you can spot the distraction. You can say, how, how, is this, how does this thing tie into my vision? How does this thing tie into where I'm going to? Some of you, everything, you jump on board. When you were coming to church today, how many of you pick a car to church? Right. When you're coming, how many of you pick trotro? Don't be shy. We, all, we picked some before. Eh? Don't be shy. You listen to the mate, what the mate was saying, right? To make sure that he's going to your direction. Why didn't you pick any other car? Because you know where you are going to. Right? When you start in the car, where did you get down? You got down at Paloma. When you got down at Paloma, did you stay in the main service? No, because that is not your destination. You climb the stairs, four flights. Uh, it's a tough on your body, tough on the knees. But, but a young man must bear the yoke of affliction in his youth. So you climbed the stairs. You came up. Came to sit down. Clap for yourselves. You have vision. Mm. That, that is what vision does to your life. It, 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 because, you, because you know where you are going, you know what automatically won't take you there. I hope you are getting me. You know what will not take you there. It, it, it makes you self-control. You see, the Bible in the book of Proverbs is, is, is a book full of contrast and comparisons. So when the Bible talks about the wise man, you talk about the foolish man. When it talks about the diligent man, you talk about the lazy man. It talks about the wise woman, he talks about the foolish woman. And he says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he says, happy is he that keepeth the law. It means that the contrast of a visionless life is a life full of laws, rules, and principles. Because they keep you in check. Africa, we are lawless. Ghana, we are lawless. But the moment we enter into America, we become law-abiding. The same man that will later in the streets in Ghana will get there and keep his rubbish in his pocket. It's not anything, oh, it's that the one country has vision. So You see, where laws don't work, the vision has failed. So in your life, if there are no principles, there are no rules that guide you, you don't have a vision. There's nothing you are seeing because it will, it will guide you. It comes, you see, vision comes with self-embedded instructions. Eh? It comes with instructions. The day that I realized and I started seeing myself as a preacher, 
and I started seeing myself preaching. Oh, it came with instructions. All of a sudden, I knew that, no, the tool and the instrument for this work is the Bible. So the Bible must be my friend. Right? I knew that this, this work is a work of integrity. So I must begin to keep myself. Right? Some of you, God has shown you, you'll be a great prophet. You'll be a great minister of God. You're chasing girls here and there. No. No. It's a job of integrity. People must be able to trust you. Somebody should be able to bring their daughter to you and say, take care of my daughter for me, and the daughter is not at, at, at risk. It guides you. It, it self-imposes rules on you. Eh? Vision requires obedience. Paul said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. The first time I saw this scripture, I was like, ah. He says, the vision, he saw it all. But he says, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. The vision came with instructions, so it required obedience. When God shows you a future, it comes with laws, it comes with principles, it comes with rules. It requires obedience. When you catch a picture of where you're supposed to get to, it, it, it imposes itself on you. Vision is also, it's also a driving force. It is what keeps you going in the midst of adversity. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I announce to you, life is hard. And life, has a, life will beat you into submission. But you must fight. You don't like this part of the message. I, I, I repeat, ladies and gentlemen, life is hard. It's hard. When I started growing up, I realized that, hey, my parents were working magic. All this while they were working magic. To be able to pay school fees, put food on the table. Because they had a vision for the family that their children will be university graduates. Where they couldn't get to, their children will get to and surpass. So it put itself imposed some things on them. So it means that some shirts that my father might see and he wants to wear, he will not buy. Eh. But, but because he could see his son in the university, when, when he walks past the shirt, he's energized. Eh? Sometimes your mother has seen a nice shoe. She wants to wear, but she remembers that you have not eaten. And the vision for the family is that the children must eat and be healthy. So she walks past the shoe. What is driving her on is the vision for the family. It's a driving force. When the, when the world was seeing Jesus being beaten and bruised, the guy was lashed. His skin, his, his body was opened up. Blood was flowing. They put on his head a crown of thorns, carrying a heavy cross. Everybody was seeing a man in pain. The Bible says, woo for the joy set before him and the cross. Everyone was seeing pain. He saw joy. He saw the joy that was set before him. He saw himself reunited with man. He saw man in fellowship with God once again. What do you see? Because there are two things that draw a man, and they draw a man with equal intensity and ferocity. They are your future and your past. They draw you with same intensity. Mm? The same intensity. The, if you are not being drawn by your future, automatically you are being drawn by your past. Peter, here's 30.1. When, when Peter was with Jesus, Jesus was the custodian of the vision. Peter did not catch it for himself, but he was a custodian. 
Jesus was the custodian of the vision. So whenever they saw Jesus and they heard Jesus speak, they knew that this man is going to establish a kingdom. We are going to be partakers in the kingdom that he's going to establish. So Charlie, they started plotting. Even James and John went to tell their mother, Mommy, go and speak to Jesus for us. When you set up the kingdom, you let me sit on your left, let me sit on your right. Charlie, the disciples, they were, they were hungry for political appointment. Mm. And Jesus dies. The custodian of the vision is gone. They weren't seeing it. Somebody was seeing and relaying the information. So because they weren't seeing anything, their past drew them. Peter looked at the brethren. He said, hey guys, it's been nice knowing you. The master is no longer here. He said we'll be fishers of men, but right now the only thing we can do is go back to fishing. <laughs> so, adios, I'll see you later. When Jesus came, you see, when Jesus called Peter, Peter was fishing. When Jesus rose from the dead and he came back, Peter was fishing. He went back to his past. The nation of Israel, same thing. Moses was the custodian of the vision. Moses had gone to the mountaintop to meet with God. Moses was there with God for 40 days. I can imagine that by 20th day, they started losing patience. 21st day, they're like, 23rd day, all hope is lost. On the 25th day, they say, hey, Aaron, here are earrings. Here are trinkets. Make for us a golden calf so that we too we can bow down and worship. You know, after that, let's go back to Egypt. The, the same place they were suffering. Says, let's go back. Hmm? I tell you, whenever you hear a people, a group, an individual that is always referring to the past, he's not being drawn by his future. Eh, in Africa, that's how our forefathers did it. No creativity. That's not how we do it. See, vision makes you creative. Oh. If you have a vision, it makes you creative. Because you look at what will take you there, the obstacles in the way, and you surmount those obstacles. But if there's nothing drawing you, your creativity is, is there. It doesn't come to the fore. Eh? So they were being drawn by their past. Mm. But if a man sees, see, it energizes you for the work. Your vision energizes you for the work. See, Jesus says something in John chapter 4, verse 34. He says, my meat is to do. You see, he has stated that his, his vision, his, his mission here is to do the will of him that sent me. And in John chapter 4, verse 34, he says, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish it. Meat there is food. He says, my food. Because prior to that, he has said the disciples are going to get him food. And when they came, he had finished preaching and evangelizing to the Samaritan woman. And when they came, Jesus wasn't requesting for food. They were questioning and asking themselves, has somebody giving him food? He says, no, my meat is to do the will of the Father and to finish it. So after Jesus had finished preaching to the woman, which is part of his mandate, he was satisfied. He, was, he had been energized. Eh? When life is beating you into submission, but you look at the end goal, when the mathematics is beating you, but you look at the end goal, I'm going to be a professor in, uh, what? in thermodynamics one day. So the mass is difficult now. It's beating you, but you're fighting back. Because the end goal is a professor in mathematics, a professor in uh, chemistry. So you're fighting. 
you are sparing on. So in the midst of the beatings, in the midst of the hardship, you know what you are looking at. Mm. It's going to make the difference. It's going to make all the difference. What do you see? Because what you see matters. Let me, uh, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. It's a very popular scripture. Habakkuk 2, 2, 2. It says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and I will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I will answer when I am reproved. Verse 2. And the Lord answered and said, Write the vision. Make it plain on tables that he may run that readeth it. So when, when you catch the vision, you write it down. When God begins to speak to you, he begins to show you the picture, write it down. Don't just say, I'm seeing it. Write it down. Write it down in plain words. Don't write it down in esoteric languages. Write it down. Say so that he may run that readeth it. See, you are running, but you need something to read, to energize you, to keep going. Just write down the vision, make it plain on tables. Some years back when uh, Bridget Dogbe, she's in the university now. When, before she entered the university, when she was going to secondary school, she came to see me, Uncle Bestman, I'm going to the university. Any advice for me? I said, Bridget, let's do a small assignment. Like, Bridget, what do you want to be in future? She said, oh, she wants to do business. Or so, I was like, so what do you want to read? She says, okay, she wants to do business administration. I was like, okay, where do you want to read? It's the University of Ghana, Lagon. So go to Lagon, go and find out the cutoff point. Go and find it. She came, she came back with a cutoff point. So I said, okay, you know the cutoff point now. Right, my name is Bridget Dogbe. I will go to the University of Ghana, Lagon to study business administration with a cutoff point, blah, blah, blah. Stick it on your bed. Every morning when you rise, you, you are seeing it. Every morning when you wake up, you are seeing it. Because the more you see it, 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 when you see it, you know whether you are getting closer or not. Uh, you know whether you are getting closer or not. And today, she's in the University of Ghana. She made a cutoff point. She's studying business administration. So, so when she entered the secondary school, the vision was beyond the secondary school. Some of you, you enter the secondary school, you don't see anything beyond. That is why when you finish, you don't continue. Your, because you didn't see anything beyond, your grade student take you beyond. Eh? Guys, some of you are now going to IBC. See beyond it. See beyond the, the secondary school. See beyond the university. Some people too saw only to the university and after the university they can't see top. Because that is where the vision ended. See beyond it. See the next 20 years, the next 30 years, the next 50 years of your life. Sit down with God and see it. Don't be lazy about it. This year is not a year for lazy people. For some, for some, for some weird reason, we've raised a lazy generation of Christians. That thing by laying on of hands, prophecy, a prophetic declaration, and a, a breath of air. <laughs> Everything is done. No. 
Hey, there is a process. <laughs> there is a process. God, with a snap of a finger, he could have picked Israel, landed them in the promised land, and all the giants in the land would disappear. Who believes God could have done it? God can do it. But why not? He's a God of the process also. Because there are, there, are things, there are things that they must do. There are things they must know. And next week we'll finish this series. And next week's message, I call it Trust the Process. Because you need it. The process matters. It is what makes the process make sense, the vision. Mm. Because what you see, write it down, write it down. What you see, you will become. We know the story of Jacob and Laban. Jacob had finished working for his father-in-law. He says, father-in-law, I just have married your two daughters now. I've been under your roof. You've accommodated me nicely, but I want to go and venture out on my own. I want to do my own thing now. So they struck a deal. Okay, the next time the, 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 the sheep and the lamb give birth, the ones that are spotted, you, Jacob, you take. The ones that are not spotted, the plain ones, are for me. <laughs> so the, father, the father-in-law devised the plan. He says, I be it to take spotted to cross to get spotted. So he went inside and removed the spotted and went to hide them. Basic genetics. What if the spotted are few, the, 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 what they will produce too will be few. So the father-in-law thought he had, he, had, he, had, he had succeeded. But I don't know where Jacob got this revelation from. But it is, it is a spiritual revelation. Mm. He took a piece of wood, carved into it. So he created a spot in the wood. And he placed it where the, the animals would go and drink water. So in the morning, when they go and drink water, they are seeing spots in the wood. In the afternoon, they go and drink water, they are seeing spots in the wood. In the evening, the same thing. They kept on seeing it. They got pregnant. They were seeing it. They gave birth and they gave birth to spotted animals. What you see, you produce. I was telling my wife, the moment she gets pregnant, I'll change all the pictures in the house. I'll put my pictures around. Put the pictures there so that they will look like me. Uh, it's a spiritual principle. <laughs> You're altering genetics in the spirit. Uh, but you see, it's necessary. Because we need to write it down and make it plain. And see it every day. You wake up in the morning, you look at it. It energizes you for the day. It will dictate what you do in the day. And you stop wasting your life, stop wasting your time. The next verse, please, verse 3. Says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. Yes, we are, we are talking about, see, we are not talking about tomorrow. When I'm talking about vision, I'm not talking about tomorrow, tomorrow's morning picturing that you eat wachi. It's vision, but it's not a far vision. Eh? We're talking about the next five years, the next 10 years, the next 20 years. You see, the, inter- the intercessors and I are embarking on a project. Tomorrow, tomorrow we are getting them the Dr. Otabo's 20-year plan, the, the, the the handout. And I want you to look for it and fill it. Make a 20-year plan for your life. What are you seeing? What is God showing you? See, this place, we said we are world changers. So even if you are going to be a carpenter, you'll be a carpenter with world-class excellence. Uh, if you are going to be a hair braider, you are going to braid hair with excellence. That the, your, your, your hair braiding skills will change the world. That is what we are talking about when we say vision. 
Amen. The coins will change into papers one day. He says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. So we are talking about the future. But he says, but at the end it shall speak. When you look at the end of people's life, what is speaking is what they saw at the beginning. So when you see somebody's life and you are listening carefully and it's empty, it's void, there is nothing speaking. He saw nothing in the beginning. Hmm. Saw nothing in the beginning. What do you see? It says, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. See, life is not, is not, is not one to tell lies. If there's nothing in, there's nothing that will come out. Life is like an ATM machine. You can't go to an ATM machine and say that, hey, I declare to you, give me 2,000 CDs. The machine will be there looking at you. Insufficient funds. <laughs> because there is nothing in there for you. There's nothing in there for you. You are going to make a withdrawal. What did you deposit? What have you put in? What did you see in the beginning? Because at the end it shall speak and not lie. Please don't take the scripture off. Let it be there for me. It says, at the end it shall speak and it shall not lie. Life does not tell lies. Eh? If you were aimless in secondary school, the result will show your aimlessness. It shall speak and not lie. Eh? You cannot be aimless. You don't study you don't do anything. Your, your results will come. It's fe 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 fe. It's nice. First, excellent. First, excellent. <laughs> the vision will speak. Oh, please, my scripture. It says, oh, why have you gone? I said, stay on the verse three. Shall not lie. Though it's tarry, wait for it. My brothers and sisters, wait for it. Ashida, yesterday our conversation. Wait for it. It might take time. Because we are talking about something 20 years from now. The, the, the America we see today, it was built in someone's mind some hundred years ago. Structure, order, beauty. Come to this place. Scent. Oh, lawlessness. Disorderliness. It was, it was a breakdown. There was a, there was a point where there was a breakdown in the vision. It says, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. At the end, it will surely come to pass. Eh? It will surely come to pass. What do you see? Do you see yourself as a medical doctor? What kind of doctor? Are you a doctor that will be stuck in 37? Or you'll be a doctor that will be making waves? What are you seeing? Eh? You're going to be an engineer? Are you going to be the engineer that sits at the desk and does no inventions? Nothing. Or you're going to be an engineer that makes a difference? People are designing reusable rockets. Rockets that will go to space and come back on earth and land. That will be used again. See, we need to sit up. We need to sit up. It says, though it's tarry, wait for it. Wait for it. You wait patiently for it. You wait patiently with it. Mm. 
but at the end, it will tarry. It, though it's tarry, it will surely come to pass. This morning, what are you seeing? I want you to sit down with God. See, vision is not just, you don't just, it's his court. It's his court. You catch it. God will place a deep-seated desire in you. Yes, he has placed something in your hand. How well you use what God has placed in your hand is determined by what you see. Because if you don't see correctly, you waste what is in your hand. Amen. At the end, it shall speak and it shall not lie. Let's rise to our feet, church. Henry, another shadow for less. We know the smartest found in you. Henry, will never settle for less. We know the smartest found in you. I want you to pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you. The Bible says, in the last days, I shall pour out my spirit upon all flesh. It says, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. The, the Greek word translated vision is that they shall have perceptions of the future. When the Holy Spirit comes, one of the things that he comes to, he comes to give us perceptions of the future. I pray in the Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Open the eyes of my understanding that I may perceive. Open the eyes of my understanding that I may perceive. This is not a corporate thing. It's an individual affair. It is you and God. Because what you see, you will become. What I see, I will become. Open our eyes to see. Open our eyes to see. Open our eyes to see. Open our hearts to be receptive. Father, may we not just hear you, but may we see it. May we see it. May we see it. May we see it. May we be able to see the vision. May we write it down. Father, may we see the vision. Make it plain for us to see.
And I pray, oh God, that you open their spirits, man, up to be receptive. May they see what you are showing. Father, may the eyes of their understanding be enlightened. May they know what... We can do better, we can do better. What do we say to Uncle Bethman? God bless you, God bless you. Please let's take our seats and let's invite Belinda as we take our second offering. Just a child when I felt the Savior leading. I was drawn to what I could not understand. And for the cause of Christ, I have spent my days believing that what it had me be is who I am. As I've come to see the weakest side of me, I realize His grace is what I'll need. And sin demanded justice from my soul. Mercy says no. Love for me. 
to save us from the cross he built a bridge to set us go through the week, I pray that the Lord himself will open your spiritual eye to see his vision for your life, that you live a life full of purpose, that you intentionally walk in your vision, no matter the challenges that will come your way, you will stay focused on your vision, that you become a world changer, you become a nation builder, through the principles of God, that whatever you do in your life will be in the name of God. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.
please all shs2 students please can i meet with you briefly all shs2 all those in shs2 just spare me five minutes of your time